Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Unexpected Value Podcast. So this is just going to be a podcast with me and me only, um, for the most part. I think I'm going to do a lot of different things with this podcast. I'm going to try a lot of different formats. I'm going to, you know, just have me and talk about sports or, you know, current events or my life some i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about everything that just pops into my head i'm also planning on you know having some friends come on and just talk and have conversations kind of like a joe rogan thing i'm not i'm not really sure where i'm gonna take this fully it's gonna be highly experimental and we're gonna do a whole lot of things it's gonna be fun and then one thing that i want to address too is the the title and the meaning behind unexpected value. So when you're gambling and the odds are even, it says, you know, when it's plus 100, it says EV, but that doesn't stand for even, it stands for expected value. And so it's just the unexpected value is like a little bit of a play on words thing because like for me, you know, um, you don't know what kind of, what you're gonna get when you come to this podcast and You'll unexpectedly, you know, hopefully find some value in what I have to say and what I have to bring to the table. Hopefully, maybe I'm putting too much stock into myself, but we're going to do this anyway. And of course, I'm going to talk about gambling because it's football season. And before I get into any of the talking points I want to get into later, I just want to like, now that I'm on football, I just when I have like, I guess my public service announcement. Um, if you watch football with like your dad or your grandpa, um, hold on to that because that's something really special. It's something that can never be shared with anyone else in a sense. And it can create, you know, bonds that last a lifetime. Um, I grew up watching Cowboys games with my grandpa every single week, and I cherish those moments more than anything else in the in my life in the entire you know in the entire world. And uh, just 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 do that, you know. M- make a point to not to not miss games with your team and watching them with those you love because it it can make a difference you know and that's kind of that's what sports bring that's what sports means to me um and i know that's what sports means to a lot of people you know and if you're like a young father make that a thing um because it's it's special I just thought I'd make this little PSA because, you know, I lost my grandpa four years ago and uh, with football season approaching it just, I think about that and, you know, that's, that's what we did. You know, that was like one of our main things among, you know, we had, we were really close, but um, that's, that's what we always did year in and year out growing up. And so that's why with opening kickoff, approaching um i just thought i'd make that my psa because i think it's i think it's really important but now that we have all the 
hard stuff out of the way. Let's move on to something a lot lighter. Um, and I want to talk about every division winner I have predicted and why they will or will not win the Super Bowl. I'm going to start with the AFC East, and I'm picking the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC East naturally. Um, while they'll win a Super Bowl is, for one, Josh Allen. He's transformed himself into an amazing quarterback, but you already know that. Um, they're a dynamic offense. One thing I do kind of have reserved about their offense is even though they have digs, is having a true like big-bodied wide receiver. I always want a big-bodied wide receiver on an offense. I just think you know, you need your speedy, slender guy like they have in Diggs, but also somebody that can make the big physical context- contested catches like DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams. Um, but that's not why I'm going against them for the Super Bowl. The reason why I think they standing in the way of them winning a Super Bowl is them winning the division itself and that the evil empire is back and the New England Patriots and Mac Jones has a chance to be really special with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick has never started a rookie in New England, at least. And there's a reason why. Well, a large part of that is Tom Brady, but Bill Belichick and rookies have never had, you know, the greatest relationships, I guess. He's tough on them, you know. Uh, so the fact that he would believes in Mac Jones enough to go ahead and choose Mac Jones to be the starter, and not only that, cut Cam Newton, who he had tremendous amount of respect for, and the fact that they spent, I don't know, a billion dollars this offseason, uh, I think they're going to be really good again, and I'm not going to discount them for you know taking the Bills' spot and reclaiming the throne in the AFC East. Um, next up, AFC North, and I have the Cleveland Browns winning the AFC North. I think they're better than the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're a more complete offense. I think Baker's a better passer. Um, and I just don't... I don't believe... I don't believe in Lamar. I'm just going to say it. I don't. Um, and I think I think Cleveland's going to be the better team this year. And the reason why I think that they can win a Super Bowl is because, for one, their running game and play action is elite. They have two really good running backs. Not really good. They have two great running backs in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And Baker's really good off the play action. Um, they have o- Odell's back. you know, And they have other really talented guys like Jarvis Landry. And I forget that their third guy's name. Higgins? Richard Higgins? Yeah. Let's go with that. Um, but reasons why I don't think they'll win a Super Bowl is... Uh, Baker hasn't shown me, even though I like Baker a lot more than some more than most, I would say. I don't think right now he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. He has to prove to me otherwise. And then we'll go to the AFC South. I'm picking the Tennessee Titans to win the AFC South. The Colts are intriguing, um, but Carson Wentz has been hurt a lot of training camp, and that might include a slow start. Tennessee's gonna be Tennessee's offense is gonna be really good again, even though they lost their offensive coordinator. Um, but that and that's why I'd I'd pick them to win a Super Bowl is their their offense is gonna be elite. Derrick Henry's a monster. They added Julio Jones. 
Um, but their defense still really isn't that good. And I don't know if I trust Mike Brable's decision-making after that Baltimore Ravens game in the playoffs last year when they should have gone forward on fourth down. I'm, I'm putting that into question highly. And then AFC West, duh, I'm picking the Chiefs. Why, why are they going to win the Super Bowl? Because Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback on earth. We all know that. Andy Reid is an offensive genius. Their defense is solid. Um, reasons why I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. They played in a lot of close games last year, and they kept on towing the line of, I don't know, it's almost like they were asleep at the wheel a bunch. Like that Falcons game was really gross last year. Um, it's almost like they just knew that they could turn on the Jets at some point and then they'd win the game. And they did that against Cleveland, kind of. Um, but then they, even with Matt Castle, they were still like, oh, yeah, we're going to, no, not Matt, Chad Henney, I'm sorry. Um, They're like, oh, yeah, we can still win against the Browns. Uh, they didn't, they were, they were really good against Buffalo, which is why I bet on them to win in the Super Bowl. But they kind of did that shit in the Super Bowl. They were like half asleep and they're like, oh, wait, we need to turn on the Jets. But the Bucks were too fucking good. So they couldn't, they couldn't come back. And that's that kind of mentality that they had really scared me. I guess or scares me going into this season. I think, though, that they can defeat that or beat that, I mean, um, because they saw what happened when they behaved like that last year. So maybe, maybe they'll overcome that. They're, they're going to be up there for some reason, though. I see them being stopped against somebody else in the AFC Championship just because it's so hard to go to back-to-back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, and people have just been spoiled by New England because it is so goddamn hard to do that. And uh, it's 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 really not the norm. But people have been accustomed to that now for the past decade. Because New England has been doing it for so long, and then Tom Brady gave the biggest fuck you to the NFL that I think I've ever seen um, by going and doing it with the Bucks, getting his seventh Super Bowl. Like, that's not normal. Like, we can't just keep on thinking that that's going to happen again with Patrick Mahomes. Like, Patrick Mahomes is probably just going to win three. I think, I think he's going to be capped at three. Like, I really do. Because... It's like, let's be real. Tom Brady did a lot of things to make sure that he was going to win in New England. And a lot of that, too, was Billy Belichick, even though, like, he. It was like, it was a team effort with, with New England. And Tom Brady took a huge pay cut a lot in New England to make sure that they had a team around him to win a Super Bowl. I mean, look at all the greatest quarterbacks in history and how many quarter. I mean, how many Super Bowls they won. Aikman won three. Peyton Manning only won two. Rodgers has only won one. Um, just, just take a look. It's, it's seven is not the norm. That, that is not the standard. And people are acting like Patrick Mahomes' standard is going to be seven, and it's not. And even if he only gets two or three, and I say that by meaning only, like, oh, he only got two or three Super Bowls. People, that's how people would treat it. But that would be a dub. That would be great. All right, moving on to the NFC East. <laughs> God, I'm going to catch so much shit for this. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. Sorry, Washington football team. Um, 
my co-host on Going the Distance podcast, Ryan, thinks the Giants are going to win the NFC East, which I was like kind of down for for a little bit. But the way that this offseason has gone, or training camp, I mean, I am not high on the Giants anymore. I'm just not. I'm just not. I turned sour after them. Uh, they were awful in the joint practice with New England. Um, their offensive, I've been reminded how their offensive line is garbage. Saquon isn't going to be back fully healthy, it seems like, because he's going to miss a couple weeks at the beginning of the season. So that's gross. Um, and Washington, like, they got a great defense. Don't get me wrong. But their offense, Fitzmagic is cool. But Fitzmagic also turns into Fitztragic. And that's why I'm going with the boys to win the division because they have they have the most talent. They really do. Um, Micah Parsons is going to be an excellent linebacker. Um, the defense is going to be better than what it was last year. We're going to be healthier on the offensive line. Dak is back. Duh. He's the best quarterback in the division by miles and miles. Um. So, yeah, we're winning that division, and the reasons why we're going to win the Super Bowl is because of Dak Prescott and that offense. Um, reasons why we won't is because we're the Cowboys and we fucking choke, and I, oh, I hate it so much, and it's so painful to say that, but we do. And Mike McCarthy, I don't know if I believe in Mike McCarthy as our head coach. Last year, I drank the Kool-Aid a lot in thinking that Mike McCarthy was going to be awesome. And I'm still drinking a little bit because Dak was hurt in the whole COVID offseason thing, so he didn't get his real shot. But this is the year. And if I don't see results, I want Mike McCarthy to be gone. Um, if he doesn't if he doesn't take us to the NFC Championship or at least a playoff win, like if we don't get to the playoffs and win a, at least win one playoff game, then I want his ass to be fired, and I want Kellen Moore to come in and be the head coach. Straight up. Okay, moving on to the NFC North. Green Bay Packers are going to NFC North. That is a top-heavy division, and the Packers are alone in teams that can actually win on a consistent basis. Um, the rest of the division is just in shambles. I mean, Minnesota is not it. I don't know why Minnesota fans think that they're going to be back to being good again. They're not. Kirk Cousins was healthy all year last year, and y'all guys were terrible. Um, Chicago, Matt Nagy. Fucking sucks. Um, he was great his first year and has regressed every year since. So that's not a good sign. You want progression, not regression, and records when you're a head coach. Um, and they've seen nothing but regression. So I think it's very obvious that that first year was a flash in the pan and just a really dominant defense. And then you have Detroit, who do I really need to get into Detroit right now? and explain to you why they're not going to win that division. No, I don't. Even though, I will say, super stoked for Motor City Dan Campbell. I love that guy. I hope he's coaching the league for a very long time. But back to Green Bay and why I think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think Aaron Rodgers' little off-season spat with the front office is going to fuel him to win a Super Bowl and then ditch them. I really do. I think he's that petty. I think, and I think he's that petty, but also that competitive. Because I can just see him as a type of guy just being, fuck you. I'm going to win you guys a Super Bowl, and then I'm going to 
let the fans know that the reason why we can't run it back is because you guys are assholes and I hate you. And so, like, that way he can go out as a legend in Green Bay and the fans will definitely, I feel like, turn on the front office in that case. But I don't know. Who knows? Um, but I, the Green Bay Packers are also my pick to win the Super Bowl this year because of that. I think Rodgers is going to be on a mission. And I also think that not only that, they're a really good team. Um, Devontae is going to be back. Alan Lazard is going to be fully healthy, and he was really good at Iowa State. So um, I want to see him fully healthy as a wide receiver number two. And then reasons why I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, that same reason. Maybe that offseason drama factors into the team and how they play. I could see it going one of both ways. But I'm more leaning towards the side that this team, everyone on that roster is going to want to win the Super Bowl, so they're just going to bury that shit. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to be like, well, he's not going to be with us next year, so why should I even try? Well, they're going to, nobody's going to say that because they're going to be like, I want to win a fucking Super Bowl, and I have a hell of a lot better chance to win it this year, right now, right here, with Rodgers than I do with Jordan Love. So, there you go. And then, let's go to the NFC South. I'm picking the Bucks for... Much the same reason why I picked the Packers to win the NFC North. Um, the Bucks are clear-cut the best team in that division. The Saints with Jameis Winston, I think there might be some growing pains there. Um, the Falcons are going to be terrible. Falcons fans, I'm sorry, but you guys aren't going to be good again this year. That's just the way it'd be. Panthers, I'm... Really interested to see what y'all can do. I really like Matt Rule as a head coach. Um, I think y'all guys got a good one there. But, like, Darnold, that would be cool if he turned his career around. But, like, I really doubt it. So, but, like, I'm I'm really interested to see what goes on there. Like, I'm looking forward to watch some Panthers games this year. Especially with a fully healthy CMC back. And then... Yeah, so that, back to back to the Bucks. I mean, they returned all 22 starters from last year. Tom Brady's trying to run it back, and he's trying to get his perfect season with the 17th game. So, yeah, I mean, why, and that's why they're going to win the Super Bowl again this year. Um, why they're not going to win the Super Bowl. They were a wildcard team last year. Um, they definitely, at times, did not look like... A really good team but then they turned it around so what was that last year that turned them around um can that continue again or maybe will they go back to old habits and be who they were at the beginning at the first half of last year when they lost 35 to nothing to green bay we'll see we'll see my bet is they're gonna be really fucking good again and return to the playoffs is a one seed Possibly a two-seed. And then last but not least, the most stacked division in NFL, the NFC West. I've got the Rams winning the NFC West, and it's a no-brainer for me with the Rams. Sean McVay, was defense was lights out this year. His offense is something of beauty. Um, and a guy like Matt Stafford and his arm strength running it is going to be awesome. Um, the 49ers, I... God, they really only had one good year. And they were hurt last year. Can they prove that that one good year wasn't a fluke? 
and go back to being good. They have a really talented roster. I don't see why they couldn't. I definitely see them as a wildcard team, but I just don't see them overtaking the Rams in this division. The Seahawks, their defense is just so bad. They got exposed in that Cardinals game last year after a hot start, and they just kind of fluttered after that. Well, they did win 12 games, but in my in my viewing of terms of contenders, like after I saw that Cardinals game last year, I looked at that Seattle team. I said, this team isn't winning a Super Bowl. And I think the same thing again this year is because their defense really isn't didn't get any better, really. And Russell Wilson, I guess, hates Pete Carroll now all of a sudden. He wanted to leave, but then he remembered that his whole image is being a nice guy, and that didn't really cater to his PR um, philosophy. So he backed off from it and is trying to make it work again in Seattle, but maybe those grumblings turn into not great things happening on the field. So that's why I'm not going with Seattle. And then Arizona, I think Kyler Murray is a cool quarterback to watch. Um, I do think he is kind of uh, Bradley Beal-esque in a sense. He's going to put up numbers, but I don't know if he's going to put up wins. I'm kind of... Jury's still out on Kyler Murray being a winning quarterback for me. And then Cliff Kingsbury. Ugh. He's terrible. He's a not good head coach. He had a losing record at Texas Tech. He was a mediocre head coach. He was like at 500 or a little bit sub 500. We had Patrick Mahomes, the most talentedly gifted quarterback of all time at Texas Tech. This guy's a joke. He doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. It's a sham that he's there. Cardinals aren't winning this division. Sorry. I think they could have made the playoffs last year, but Cliff Kingsbury stopped them from doing so. So, no. Not the Cardinals. But back to the Rams. Why the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. Um, Like I said, they have Matt Stafford. They upgraded their quarterback position. Their offensive scheme is one and of itself. It's awesome. Um, They they consistently put themselves in third and short situations. And they win on third and short situations every single time. Um, and their defense is just going to be. I don't think I don't see their defense taking a step back, even though they lost their defensive coordinator Brandon Staley to the team that they share a building with and the LA Chargers. And then why are they not going to win a Super Bowl? I would say pressure. The pressure is on Sean McVay to win the Super Bowl now. Um, he's had, he's been regarded as like a wonderkind and the next big thing in the NFL for a couple years now after he took the league by storm. But now it's kind of gotten to a point where, okay, you went to the Super Bowl and put up a terrible performance. I mean, your offense scored three points, but that was a, that was a concessional three points. Y'all basically put up a goose egg. And then you followed up that Super Bowl year with a bad year, and then you had a good year last year because of defense. Now that you have your guy, Matt Stafford, you have to win. You have to win now and win a lot and win in the playoffs. And I feel like that's going to be a lot of pressure on McVay to do all the right things. And Stafford itself, too, because he's got a lot riding on him to prove that he's actually good. Um, and that his years in Detroit were because the Detroit Lions suck, and 
not because, and they were holding him back, and not that he's just a middling quarterback. I think he's going to be really good, but the pressure is going to be really high on Stafford and McVeigh. Okay, uh, moving on, I want to talk about DeChambeau in the golf world a little bit. Um, I want to talk about golf, you know, a decent amount on this podcast. I also want to talk about, you know, my journey as a, I guess, amateur is the right word. I don't even, I wouldn't even know if I'd call that a, a recreational golfer. I'm a recreational golfer, and my journey is that. Um, I picked it up last year during the pandemic, and I absolutely love it. I got bit by the bug. It's such a fun game. Um, if you have access to get clubs or anything like that and you haven't picked it up, I highly recommend it. It's so much fun. But anyway, back to DeChambeau. Um, I'm starting to feel bad for the guy. He had a roller coaster of a weekend. He went 12 under on Friday, I think, and was like inches away from getting an elusive 59, breaking 60, which is just insane. He would have become the 13th golfer ever to post a 59 score, which is a record. Um, But he didn't get to do that. He missed the putt by literal inches. And then then on Sunday, um, he ended up getting tied with Patrick Cantley, and they had a six holes worth of sudden death. Um, winner take all for the BMW championship and he lost and um, it got made pretty clear that Patrick Cantley does not like Bryson DeChambeau Uh, their body language was like (laughs) it was not warm towards Bryson DeChambeau let's just say that so not only does he have this huge feud with Brooksy where everybody's on team Brooks um, including myself, because Brooks is just a hell of a lot cooler of a guy. Um, now, all of a sudden, it's coming out. It's it's pretty much public knowledge now that Patrick Cantley doesn't like this guy either. Roy McIlroy even came out recently and says that he feels bad for him. Can you imagine that? Being on the PGA Tour and another guy, a prominent guy like Roy McIlroy, comes out and says... I feel bad for you because nobody likes you, is basically what he said. He also did say, he was like, well, Bryson does kind of bring it on himself somewhat, which, duh, no shit. But he feels bad for him. And I'm starting to get that way too. I'm starting to really feel for this guy because he just doesn't get that why people don't like him. But it's because he's such a baby. He has social issues. Like looking at him and thinking about, you know, people that I've, come around in my life he has serious social issues because he doesn't understand like there is maybe it's narcissism maybe he has social anxiety crippling social anxiety which uh, many people struggle with but there's some reason why this guy just doesn't fucking get it and he should probably see a therapist and that like this isn't me making fun of him this is me feeling bad for him because I see it and the whole world doesn't like him either. And like, it's, I, I couldn't imagine what that would feel like to, cause he wants so bad to be likable. I could tell he says he doesn't care what people think about him, but he wouldn't try as hard as he does in terms of his golf game and the way that he's trying to evolutionize it. If he didn't care what people thought about him, 
He would just be another golfer on tour if he didn't care. Or he would even be more like Brooks Kepka if he didn't care. But he clearly cares very much. I know he lies awake at night thinking, why don't people like him? But but then again, he does stuff being difficult to work with, telling the uh, telling the press that his driver sucked. Um, and then Cobra, the company that sponsors him, is like, yeah, we don't like the guy that we sponsor really that much. He's an asshole and he's a child. Man, it's 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 built up so much to where my dislike of him has turned into pity. It's kind of like kind of like your third grade bully even though Bryson I don't think he's a bully by any means, but like taking your third grade bully. You'd hear that, well, we don't know what his home like is like and it turns out that he has a deadbeat dad and his little bro- his big brother beats the shit out of him or something like it's kind of like that. Like when you figure out the reason why that kid at school is an asshole, it's cuz his life at home totally sucks. It's kind of like that. And it's 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 kind of sad. So I just <laughs> I don't know what his next step should be and how he recovers from this. How does he? I think maybe he should embrace the villain role because people already don't like him. I mean, Patrick Reed has done it. He's pretty much accepted. All right, people don't like me. I'm just gonna feed into that because I'm Patrick Reed. Fuck you. Um, I don't see Bryson coming back and people being Team Bryson. Maybe he does something cool or, I don't know. He's got to do something big like when a natural disaster hits his area or something, he does like some J.J. Watt stuff. Like that's the only way I could see Bryson coming back. And he's not even like a terrible person. Like we hate on a lot of guys that are like pieces of shit like Antonio Brown. But Bryson DeChambeau is by no means like, a bad person like he's 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 just a guy who's just the weird just kind of awkward and full of himself um so i i kind of at this point i really do hope he turns around and becomes things get better for him because it's been a tough year to be bryson DeChambeau. okay uh we hit the 30 minute mark and i'm gonna end the episode on a reddit reading um, this is, I'm just going to pull from subs like, am I the asshole relationship advice? Maybe some, maybe some like unpopular opinion stuff and just kind of break them down, give my opinion and maybe the opinion of some of the top commenters and what I think about it all. Um, I kind of want to turn this segment into, uh, something where I'm directly responding to fan service, like DMS on Twitter. So if you guys have like life advice that you want or just want like my opinion on something dm me on twitter at elijah span 19 um because i'll talk about it and of course obviously i'll keep you anonymous but okay here we go am i the asshole for bringing my own groceries on a weekend bike trip and not wanting to pay for the other group members food i was invited along to a mountain bike trip this past weekend by a cousin of mine nice my cousin's friend mark invited my cousin and they had an extra spot so my cousin invited me up we stayed in an airbnb for two nights and split it six ways on the friday i headed up there i stopped for groceries and bought breakfast foods and beer for myself and a bunch of nacho supplies to make a few rounds of nachos for the group one of the other guys tom brought some groceries that friday after we had all met at the cabin he bought breakfast stuff beer and other snacks for the other guys since they didn't come with anything 
I told him I did not need anything at the store since I had brought all my own stuff and I stayed at the cabin while they grocery shopped. Come yesterday evening and Tom is asking me for 35 bucks for the groceries that he bought. I don't even know how he came up with that number. This would mean that he spent $210, 35 times 6 is 210 on groceries, which I have not which I have a hard time believing since he really did not buy that much food. I kindly explained to him that I bought my own food and also made a bunch of nachos for the group so I didn't think that it was fair that I had to pay for anything. He doesn't answer me at all and then gets Mark involved because Mark was originally the one who invited my cousin who invited me. Oh my God. Um, Mark asked me to just pay Tom because Mark thinks that it's his responsibility since he, in effect, invited me on this trip. In the interest of not being a pain in the ass, and I really liked all these guys that I met, I want to see them again in the future, I paid Tom the 35 bucks anyway. Thank God. Good move. Um, so now I am out 85 bucks, including the money I spent on my own groceries. I never asked any of these guys to pay me for the 30 bucks I spent on all the nacho stuff. Also, Tom has yet to thank me for paying him $35 for nothing. Am I the asshole for putting up with this argument, or should I have stood my ground? So let's break this down. You get invited with guys that you're not really familiar with to go and go on a trip with, and you buy your own stuff, so that already signals you out. Because the other guys didn't do that. And then when a guy goes and gets stuff for everybody, you don't want to pay even though you made nachos, which is like 30 bucks full of stuff. Um, and then when the guy who bought stuff for everybody wants you to pay 35 bucks, you kind of have a little bit of a BF. I can understand not wanting to pay that, but it sounds like you're a fucking adult. What's 35 bucks? You know what I mean? Is it, is it really that big of a deal to try and make a fuss about? And the fact that you even have to question, should I have stood my ground? And the fact that, oh, this guy didn't thank me. I think you should get over it and just be appreciative that you made some new friends. Um, because the fact that you made a one, two, three, four, five paragraph Reddit post asking if you're an asshole about 35 bucks um, kind of makes me think that you're an asshole. Let's see what some of the comments uh, said. Top comment says, Not the asshole. My guess Mark is the asshole here, seeing that no one else brought food. It was probably your plan all along for Tom to buy the food and everyone chip in, but Mark didn't tell you that. Okay. Um, another top comment says, Not the asshole. Your cousin should have let you know what the usual protocol is, and if your cousin didn't know then it was Mark's responsibility. I guess if you want to be invited again, the 35 bucks isn't too much to ask. I, I agree. Um, but I kind of doubt they'll ask you again. That sucks because it wasn't your fault. Look, I think when it comes to like, the grocery thing, you shouldn't have gone rogue. The guy shouldn't have gone rogue and just assume that everyone else was going to get their own stuff. You probably should have asked your cousin, hey, what do y'all usually do? I'll pitch in, but it sounds like, I'm not going to lie, you sound like a little bit of, or OP sounds like a little bit of a selfish person, and the fact that he wants it his way, he's like, that's my stuff, don't touch my stuff, um, but I did get this stuff for you, so now I can be selfish about the stuff that I brought. Like, he's the type of guy where, if he brings a 12-pack somewhere, and you grab two beers out of it, he texts you 
like the next morning was like, hey, can you Venmo me for the beers? It's like, come on, dude. Um, also sounds like a cheapskate. So I think this guy's an asshole for, for making a fuss about this. Like, yeah, I get it. It's kind of like, uh, really like I did kind of bring my own stuff. So like the guy probably shouldn't have asked you, but it's also kind of like, it's 35 bucks, bro. Just, just accept it. Just do it. I've, I've been in situations myself where, I kind of just had to bite the bullet and not make a fuss of it and pitch into, even though I didn't want to. Um, but that that that's what that's what happens when you go on group trips. Like concessions are made, you know. You have to you have to give up something for for the group. This is what happens when you go travel in groups, places together. I mean, like if any anybody could remember their college trips on spring break, knows what that's like. That's just the way it is, dude. Here's another comment. Honestly, sometimes I feel like I live in a different world than this sub. Going on a trip like this, the most obvious assumption in the world is that we all chip in on groceries. Yep. Like, what's the most normal thing, LOL? Would be super weird if everyone bring their own thing. Yeah, I think, uh, I think OP isn't totally cognizant of what it is to go on a group trip. Um, I don't think he's been invited to too many and he's having trouble of what it's like to be on one, but this is the world of going on group trips. It's fun. Get over it. Pay the 35 bucks. All right. Um, I think that's the show. I think this is the first episode of unexpected value. That's all I'm going to talk about today. Um, in the next episode, I'll definitely probably do more than one. Reddit reading. Um, I like doing that. That was the first time. I didn't even do a trial run. I just went for it uh, while recording. Um, I like doing it. Hopefully, it gets a little better as the show goes on. But keep keep tuning in if you're listening. Come along with the journey. I'm sure this is the first ever solo podcast I've done, so it's a lot different with uh, without somebody to rely on talking when you kind of run out of talking points. So it was cool. Um, I'm looking forward to do it some more. Um, I'm going to talk about, like I said, I'm going to talk about all kinds of stuff like video games. I'm going to talk about pop culture, talk about maybe politics. I don't know. I've been out of the politics game for a long time. I was a journalism major and my minor was political science. And I used to be heavily invested in politics and kind of when COVID hit, I realized that I didn't want to practice journalism professionally in the sense of working for like a New York Times or anything. And so I kind of was done with politics and because it's better for my mental health. And a lot of people can agree with that. So, but maybe some, maybe I'll get back into it. I don't know. If you listen to this and you have something that you want to hear me talk about, uh, feel free to DM me on Twitter at ElijahSpan19 for whatever reason. Or even if you want to come on, I'm like I said, I'm going to do all kinds of things with this podcast. I'm making it my own little pet project. So thanks for listening. Um, please check out gtdsports.com and any other GTD Sports podcasts. We're adding a few more um, with blanket coverage with Noah Jack and those guys. Those are good guys. And um, our website, read our blogs. And we're also adding Betting on the Rocks with Zach Reger. 
Uh, he's a cool guy too. We met him through our fantasy podcast league that we do through um, the Going the Distance podcast. So thanks for listening, guys. I will see y'all next week.